Hang on, don't put yourself down. Yeah. Let me just. We wiped this last night and look. <laughs> look at the test. <laughs> I can see it on there. Is it, you wiped it last night? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And this is what happens. The, the cloth just turns black. It's the country of dust. Nairi, Gohar, and I have been working on this podcast in Yerevan for weeks. And whenever we have a meetup on Nairi's balcony, the first thing she always has to do is wipe off the table. The dust is never ending. Um, Sahara Desert? We, we, I've read that we get sand from the Sahara Desert and also like from Dubai. So that's one thing. There's also so much construction all the time. You can see new apartment buildings going up all over the city. We were saying it's a different dust than I'm used to, like in Canada. It's not like <laughs> gentle flakes of dust. It's, it's like black dirt. <laughs> so on this show, you get three hosts. Nairi, Gohar, and me, Jeremy. We've all met each other in Yerevan over the years. I'm Nairi Abrahamian. I was born and raised in Toronto. My parents are from Lebanon, and my ancestors are from Anatolia. So in many ways, my family's story is a typical Armenian diaspora story, a story of genocide, survival, displacement, starting over in a new country, and then again in another one. Except my story has another chapter, Armenia. So I visited Armenia the first time when I was 10, and from then on, whenever anyone asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up, I would tell them something to do with Armenia. The place just spoke to me in a way that felt right and exciting and important. So when I was 23, I was fresh out of college, I just moved to Armenia, and I've spent most of my adult life here. I've built a life and a family here, and I've grown with this country. Nairi has lived at this desk for quite a long time. There's just like a, a film on everything. Yep. How do people clean their houses? They just clean all the time. Like Maybe the windows. Armenian, yeah. Armenian moms are like obsessed with cleaning because they have to, right? <laughs> you step away for a day or even just hours and it's back. It can be so easy to wipe away, but it is persistent. Once we clean off the table, we look out from this balcony and take in Yerevan. The view is dominated by a huge Soviet apartment block. This like seven-story building, it's like a Khrushchev-era panel building. The top story of this building was obviously slapped on years ago. And there's laundry hanging out of a lot of the windows. Uh, you see like a Soviet building, kind of old and crumbly, but still, it feels like home. Gohar is our second host. And her sister actually lives across the street in that very building. It's, she still does, yeah. She points out the apartment. I can see, I can see her, yeah, the uh, building. I'm Gohar Khachatrian born in Yerevan, Armenia. Well, technically, I was born in Soviet Armenia, and I'm old enough to remember its collapse. Many of my friends and family left Armenia during those dark and cold years, but I could never find the heart to leave. I love my country, even if some things here drive me crazy. I've also met many Armenians from the diaspora who come here, fall in love with Hayastan, and decide to make it their home. And you know what? I'm not surprised. 
<laughs> Suddenly, in the middle of our meeting, we hear this man just shouting from down below, interrupting everything. Okay, so this is this is the guy who sells yamish kukuruz. So he sells, which is like neither of those words is Armenian. Yamish is melon, kukuruz is corn. And he just comes into the courtyard and yells the things he's selling. We didn't run down to buy any corn or any melons, but we did appreciate his persistence. It isn't easy to protect your voice, so people on the seventh floor of that building next door can hear it. Right from this spot, there's just so many parts of Yerevan that you can see and hear. <laughs> so yeah, it's this both the sense of like neglect and things falling apart, but also the sense of movement and chaos all in one. And I feel that very much sitting on my balcony. <laughs> so my name is Jeremy Dalmas, and over the years, I've made Yerevan kind of a second home. I came back here for a few months to work on this show, but normally I live in the U.S., in the San Francisco Bay Area which is where I was born. I'm half Armenian, and I speak a bit of the language. Yes, husum em mikichayeren. Enough to get about five seconds into a conversation. I first came here in 2008, and I've spent about a year in the country total since then. And while I pay close attention to what's going on here, it definitely does not impact me directly like it does for Nairi and for Gohar. The guy selling produce has come back. Oh, he added fresh vegetables. Fanjaragen, zameruk, oh, and watermelon, yamish kukuruz. This visual to me is like very Armenia, cobbled together. When we were starting the show, we had a rough topic. We wanted to communicate what it was like to be in Armenia right now four years into the aftermath of a revolution, two years into the aftermath of the war in Artsakh that killed thousands, and in the midst of an influx of immigrants escaping Russia after the beginning of a completely different war, the one in Ukraine. If you don't know much about these things, don't worry, you will soon. And if you talked about them every day for months on end, then we hope our stories will help you understand them even more deeply. Early on, to focus the whole project, we wanted to start with the title. We did this before planning almost anything else. We wanted something to communicate everything that Armenia has lived through and is still living through. We bounced around a bunch of ideas, but one name really seemed to get at everything we wanted to say. It came from a piece of writing that Nairi had stumbled upon two years ago. Okay, so there's this poem. And the poem is called, in the English translation, The Country of Dust. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me how you found it? Yeah, so it was like just a couple of months after the ceasefire that ended the 2020 war in Artsakh. And I was on this like war literature reading spree. Um, it just felt like what I needed at the moment. So, you know, I was reading like novels, memoirs, um, anything that I could get my hands on that 
uh, related to this experience that was so fresh um, and just like prevalent to me. She found this poetry book called Against Forgetting. It goes through the wars, upheavals, and crises of the 20th century, one right after the other. Poet by poet, poem by poem. So I ordered the book, and what I didn't know was that it would open with poems written in the aftermath of the Armenian Genocide. Including four poems by the Armenian poet Vahan Tekeyan. While he was alive back in the first half of the 20th century, Tekeyan was one of the most popular poets in the Armenian diaspora. He was able to survive the Armenian Genocide because he was in Jerusalem when World War I started. And then he ended up living out the rest of his life in Egypt. Um, and in particular, one of the poems, Poshi Azk, or The Country of Dust, spoke to me and really spoke to the moment that we were going through collectively and are still going through. And there was something in the, in the, in the emotion and the feeling that he captured that really resonated. And so I, saw, I read it, I shared it on Facebook, um, and so many people responded like, whoa, this could have been written for us today. Nairi takes out the book. So it's translated by Diana Derhovanesian. The Country of Dust. Small, miniaturized, yet you insist on shaking your canyons and cliffs with huge spasms as if you were the center of the earth and the magnet that draws out and fills every sea. So small, a corner, not even a corner, scattered points, dispersed and dispersing lines of fallen walls, walls you imagine the palace you once raised from this mantle of dust. How can you dream of old architecture today when every edifice caves in to make way for new shapes? Any shock can erase you forever and no eye will even blink. Yours alone the concern. But hope rises like the sun. Accumulate. Dust consolidates into stone. I really like this poem because of the ending. Yours alone the concern, but hope rises like the sun. Accumulate. Dust consolidates into stone. So we can build this country. It's not, it's always not lost, you know? <laughs> Which is what I often feel like, that all is lost. Well, maybe not. You, you feel like it's lost Yeah, sometimes? yeah. Yeah, I do. It really is hard to have even a little bit of hope after the war. But when you read this poem and you realize that that sort of always was the case and we somehow survived and we've seen worse. Armenia has been through a lot over the generations. Genocide, earthquakes, war, Soviet collapse, and brutal winters without heat. But when the country lost the war over Artsakh, it really was the most devastating thing to happen in decades. And this is coming after the high of the 2018 Velvet Revolution. 
there's a lot of hope after the revolution, right? It was the first time I felt that this country has a future. And it was incredibly empowering. Um, and then the war happened and all, all of that was gone out of the window. Like, I mean, we have a lot to change, right? And how people think and how people behave. And it's us, we're our worst enemy. Like we have to figure that out. And in order for this country to the future to be there in hundred years, we need to do so much work and hopefully we will. Almost everyone we spoke with said something just like that. Armenia is this tiny country that has historically been squished between the big empires of Russia, Turkey, and Iran. And its large diaspora is spread throughout Europe, North America, and the Middle East. So, usually, the rhetoric is that Armenia has to figure out how to work with or work around these huge forces. But when we talked with people for this podcast in the fall of 2022, they didn't focus externally. They said that the way to deal with everything happening here was for Armenians to figure out how to work with each other. If you had to describe Armenia in 2022, how would you describe it? Let me think for a sec. Mm. Oh my God, I, I know the feeling, but I can't put it into a word, right? It's like, I feel like this is a very important moment in the history of Armenia and whatever we do next will make or break Armenia. How do you describe that in a word? I don't know. The revolution removed the previous corrupt government and it promised a new era. Then, just as Armenians were building what came next, the pandemic happened. And in the middle of that, a war. A war that ended not just in a military defeat, but also in a countrywide existential crisis. I feel like right after the war, there was this sense that we need to change things. If we want to survive, right, we need to change everything. Everything we're doing, we're doing it wrong. After hearing the country of dust in translation, we wanted to hear the poem in its original Western Armenian. Should I read the Armenian? Poshi Azg. Aitkan Bazdig Bazdig Tads. Betgevor Tundagavin Kucharaget Anes Meds Meds Sharjumner. Dust can mean a lot of different things. If you picture an old, crumbling Soviet building, you think dusty. And if you start excavating the past, like digging up old ruins, when you put down your shovel, you'll be covered in dust. But also, if you walk by a new 10-story apartment building, like the ones being built in Yerevan's city center, you'll see these clouds from the concrete, rock, and power tools. So dust can mean something that hasn't been used in a while, or it can mean something that's being changed and remade. In the poem, Takeon says dust consolidates into stone. You can just imagine layers of dust in the earth, each coat adding its own weight to the last. 
all of them being pushed together to make something solid. It's no wonder that Tekayan saw Armenia as a country of dust. I get goosebumps reading it in Armenian. We have six episodes for you that try and crack open this walnut that is Armenia right now. In each one, we'll follow people through their stories of living here. We'll hear about the choices they made. Um, he had this announcement and he called people to like block streets and bridges. So what I did, I called my friend. I said, I have to rent a car because I'm going to do something crazy tomorrow. We'll hear about how they navigate the space in between what they hoped would happen and what actually happened. We thought that's it. We thought we are now at the break of a dawn of a new age, new era. Everything's going to be different now. And we'll hear about what motivates them. I wanted to serve Armenia from that point, and I saw that in two stages, first serving with a rifle and then with a pen. It's hard to capture all the different parts of Armenia to try and understand what life is like here right now. But we think telling the stories of the people who live here is the best way to do just that. This episode has been our introduction to the show, which is going to be out at the beginning of 2023. We all care a whole lot about this country. This whole podcast really is a labor of love. And we're all so excited to share it with you. Thanks so much for listening. Country of Dust is produced and created by In Alphabetical Order, Nari Abrahamian, Jeremy Dalmas, Gabrielle Caprielian, and Gohar Khachatrian. Sound engineering and music by Jeremy Dalmas. Graphic design by Nune Hudaverdian. And special thanks to Mauro Serenosian. <laughs>